Welcome back to a very special edition of Horror Cats and Witch Hats with equal levels and sound. <laughs> because, um, also the reason this is coming out like a week later. Yep. Uh, we are fil- uh, filming. We're, We're filming. filming this. <laughs> We're not filming. As you can see. How's your screen? Can you see us? <laughs> We're recording this in the same space. What? What? Yes. We are together, finally. For the first time in so long. Made it back to Utah. Also, you will still hear lots of extra animal noises. It did not decrease our animal noise content. Um, No. No. You see, because right before Izzy came out, I decided to go get myself a new puppy. So, um, I'd like everybody to meet little Vaxel Dan. Oh, he looks so cute now. He's laying down just staring at Lucy. He's sleeping on the little dog bed. Nevertheless, we are here together, which is really exciting. <laughs> For the first time in horror cats and witch hats history. Witch hats history. Witch hats history. Witch hats history. We need to make that a book. Horror cats and witch hats. A, whis- a-, a whistery. <laughs> <laughs> We're nailing it today. <laughs> we are so on top of our game. Um, shout out to Lisa the... Einstein's bagel master. Yeah. Who not only fed us before this, but also gave us some content ideas. Yeah, some really great ideas that we're excited to share in the future when we make it. So welcome to the listenership, Lisa. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the ideas. And for this special episode, we are doing none other than... Da-da-da-da! Scream! Technically Scream 5, but it just is called Scream. This came out earlier this February this year, right? Yep. 2022. I saw it on Valentine's Day, actually. Oh, it's it a was, love story. It was our Valentine's Day date. Andy took me. I waited until it was free on a streaming service, so I watched it on Paramount 5. No. Par- Paramount well, 5. Okay, Paramount Plus. <laughs> I was reading Scream 5. <laughs> well, you're so good. I'm here today. Uh, yeah. It's on Paramount Plus. That's the only place it's for yeah, free right now. Yeah, right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you haven't watched it, go watch it before you finish this episode, because it's really worth it. And we have all the spoilers. Yeah. So, it's a whodunit, so if you oh, don't want to know time. whodunit, then go watch it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it is directed by Matt Bene- Bettinelli? Bettinelli. Bettinelli Open. There you go. And uh, Tyler Gillette. Who did Ready or Not and VHS? They they did those together. Oh, so um, I didn't know this when I was reading it, so I didn't include this in mm. the notes later. So I'm gonna say it now. The actress in Ready or Not, whose name I can't remember, uh-huh. uh, they wanted to get her for this film, but she had a conflict. Oh, interesting scheduling conflict. Um, but th- they might include her. Ready or Not was the one where they got married and then they had to play hi- played hide hide and seek with the family, right? I have no idea. I've never seen it. I've never even heard of it. Um, if I remember correctly. But the actress, she's gorgeous. She's blonde. If I see her name, I would remember it. Uh, but yeah, they wanted to get her for it. So she was almost... I think she was almost Sam. The main character. Interesting. She's Googling. So while she Googles... Uh, this is the first Scream in the franchise that is not done by Wes Craven. Oh, yeah, totally. The movie about the bride. Okay. Samara Weaving. That's yeah. her name. Samara, that's such a cool name. That, that movie's actually pretty good, and we should do it. Okay. And it has Adam Brody in it, who was in Scream 4. Yeah. He also is... I haven't confirmed this, because I don't know how to. He supposedly is in the party scene 
as like a background actor. In Scream Five? Yeah, is uncredited. Yes, that's so yeah. see they're just doing it again and it makes me happy. Again, I don't know if that's true, but that's is floating in the Ethernet somewhere. Okay. Alright. Uh but this is the first one in the franchise not done by Wes Craven because as we talked about in our Scream One episode. Rest in peace, sir. He died in twenty fifteen. Rest in peace, you beautiful bastard who created many of my favorite movies. Which is such a scary project to take on. Oh yeah, with how well it's done and like how build how big he built this up. Scream has its own universe. Oh big time. And to compete with Wes Craven or to follow up not compete, but to follow up Wes Craven. And like try and give him like a tri- like a proper tribute. Yeah, and yeah. make please the fan base. Yeah. I think they did damn good. And it, they're kind of rebooting in a way. Which we'll is see. which is the thing now. It's a yeah. you redo it, but you reboot it. Which you know they go on a whole monologue about in this film. Yeah, they really do. It's great, and nothing she says is wrong. But no. uh, yeah, I think with what they what they were doing, they did well. Yeah. But anyways, so both of these uh, directors also created uh, are credited as performer for Gail Weathers' theme. Yeah, because she has like a theme song. Yeah, and they for this film, and they're the ones who. That's that's kind of cool that they Did worked it? together and created that. The writers are James Vanderbilt and Guy B- Busick. I always trouble. I always want to switch the C and the S and sound like Busick, but it's a Busick. Um, they based the characters created by Kevin uh, Williamson, so based on the characters by uh, Kevin Williamson. But he was also involved in this one. Yeah, um, I just don't know. I'm sure that they wrote. And then he was like, okay, well, I feel like this wouldn't be true to the story. Yeah. Because he worked with Wes Craven. Yeah. So it would behoove them to have worked with him. But he posted Instagram or Twitter pictures of him, like, on the set, and he was there when they wrapped up and stuff like that. So I think he was more involved than... Well, that's always good to have, at least. Yeah. I just saw those today. Hmm. But <laughs> hey, you know, that's that's what matters. Um. <laughs> so James Vanderbilt uh, is listed as a producer for Murder Mystery. Which is the Jennifer Aniston, Adam Sandler movie oh, okay. on Netflix. I love that movie. I haven't seen it um, yet. I really like mysteries. <laughs> and he, they did, it's just like a goofy one. They're coming out with a second one this year. With Adam Sandler and Jennifer It's Aniston? the same cast. They're just, oh, okay, cool. It's the second one. Oh, okay. Um, he's also a producer of Scream, Ready or Not, Slenderman, Suspiria, and The Zodiac. Uh, he's he was a writer for Independence Day Resurgence, um, the 2012 Amazing Spider-Man, and the 2003 Darkness Falls, which I used to watch that movie a lot that's for the, some reason. Is that the Tooth Fairy one? No, that's Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Well, actually, yes, Darkness Falls is a Tooth Fairy one, if I remember correctly. It's like the creepy old lady Tooth Fairy, right? Yeah. And the guy, like, refuses to sleep in the dark. Uh, Vengeful Spirit has taken the form of the Tooth Fairy to expect, um... Okay, so it's a bastardized tooth fairy. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I used to watch this movie a lot, though, when I was little. Not when I was little, but, like, when I was In younger. high school, we watched it. Yeah. Um, I always thought it was kind of such an interesting movie, but... It's an interesting idea. It is. Well, yeah. Same with, like, um, Don't Be, be a... Afraid of the Dark. Yeah, those would like, be... fairies. Those would be a good one, too. Yeah. But, yeah, so... He's been a part of that, and uh, Guy Busick, who was also a writer in Final De- or for Final Destination Six, which is currently in pre-production. When do I those end? Need to stop. They should have stopped after two. They should. They should have stopped after two. <laughs> after, after two, you were you learned so much. Never drive behind a logging truck. Um, 
I mean, even number three, like, I could, like, that was number the three was, coaster. yeah. Roller coaster. That was the first one I saw, actually. Yeah, I know. That was a good one. Um, because I showed it to you if I remember correctly. Probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, that one taught me that I am, I am right to never go in a tanning bed, and I never plan to. Um, and then after that, they just... It just got really weird, yeah. and it just went downhill from there, and I just kind of stopped watching them. When it comes to Scream, there are a few prized people that you expect to see in every Scream movie, and you're right to expect to see them, and you, and and their legacy roles are are reprised. Thank fought, thank God. Um, so as always, you have the wonderful, great Neve Campbell who plays Sydney Prescott, the main. Um, heroine of these movies, right? Yes. Survivor heroine. Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers, who still plays the biggest bitch and best Gail Weathers ever, I think. I think she just so, does so well with the role. I All of them are just so perfect yeah. in their roles. Yeah, and then David Arquette is back as Dewey Riley. And they all still look so good. They do. They look great. I mean, they obviously had to make Dewey look a little roughed up. He's been what, stabbed nine times, he th- he said, yeah. <laughs> and stuff. I wish they had said how many times, like, Nick Campbell and Courtney Cox and all of them were injured. I'd love to go back and, like, actually but, count it. Yeah, I was thinking that. Maybe cause... I'll just go walk, because I own all of them. Well, let's see. Besides the new one, which is coming out. Nick Campbell soon. ends stabbed at least once almost every time. So there's at least, what movie is this? Five. Five? So there's five. Oh, shit, there's stuffing everywhere on the floor right now. What? I don't think Courtney Cox actually gets injured that often. Uh, she gets, like, knocked out, but I don't think she gets really stabbed. She was stabbed in the first one. Shot that much. She gets shot in this one. Um, yeah, I again, I need to go through and watch all of them. And, like, she kind of just is make... there and then pops up at the end. And, yeah. Like, yeah. But anyways... Well, now my curiosity is peaked, and I must go through and watch all of these and take note. <laughs> Somebody else has probably already done that. Oh, I'm sure it's out there. Uh, as we said, lots of spoilers. I'm trying. We're trying to do less detailed <laughs> uh, movie talks so we don't give away all this the stuffs. But um, I make no guarantees. Yeah. So this one takes place 25 years and 25 days after the original movie hit theaters in 1996. Or was that? It came out 25 years and 25 days after the original. It came out, I'm sorry, 25 years and 25 days after the original movie came out in 1996, which is kind of cool that they did that. And it turns out it was an accident that that happened because it was supposed to be released last year um, or something like that, but because of COVID, it got delayed. Yeah. The timeline is also meant to be 25 years after the 1996 massacre that happened. This one also has a cold open, which mirrors that of the original done by Drew Barrymore's character, Casey. Yep. And she's playing, she gets on the phone, she's playing with the knives, like, it, it's very similar. It's very, very similar, very to a T. Um, Did you find the answer? I saw you Googling. No, I, it's, I mean, I found, <laughs> I found the amount of people that have been killed on screen and murdered on screen between the first four films, but getting an actual, like, stab count of the main characters so far, no. I've right. got kill counts, but... Alright, we'll find the answer and do it on a later episode. Yes. Cool. Or I'll just make the counter and do it myself, but whatever. I have no problem with watching these. He's tattooed on my arm after all. <laughs> Tara 
is the teenager that's home alone when she gets the phone call. Uh, it's saying, the, the phone call is saying that it's Charlie calling for Christina, who is what we assume to be Tara's mom. Charlie is one of the ghost faces in Scream 4. Correct. It's, so that oh, that's Tatum's uh, boyfriend, kind of dealio. Not Tatum. Isn't her name Tatum? No, not Tatum. I'm not that. Not Tatum. Jill. That's the first one. Jill. Jill. Yeah. <laughs> Jill oh, and Kirby, kind of. Kirby. That's the one. Kirby wanted to. They were almost. It was a whole fuck up yeah. of, the, of situations. But in he's a character four. from Scream 4 throwback. Yeah. I Okay. What was I, the moral of that story? Yeah. Um, so Tara is played by Jenny Ortega, who. Um, She's the youngest cast member. Yes, yeah, she is. She turned 18 during filming. Damn. Yeah. Um, she's been in The Babysitter Killer Queen on Netflix and stuff like that, but she's also been in You, the TV series. But her biggest thing that is happening, and I'm actually really excited about this. And we talked about this in one of our other episodes. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. She is going to be the new Wednesday Adams in the Adams Family move, or show that's coming out by Tim Burton called Wednesday. So, I go- they have more information since the last time we talked about it. Yes. Uh, Wednesday Adams is a psychic teen detective. Yep. Which makes me skeptical, to yep. be honest. The picture for it looks awesome. It's it not animated. It's going to be live action. Right. Morticia is played by Catherine Zeta-Jones. <sighs> She's going to be fucking gorgeous. I'm so fucking excited. Uh, the father for it is Louis Guzman. Louise Guzman. There you go, Louise. I fucking love Louise Guzman. He's going to play a great Gomez. And then people were so pissed that Christina Ritchie was not being brought back for this. They were so mad that people actually put a petition out there and so many people signed it that Tim Burton went to Christina Ritchie and is bringing her into the show. I have no idea what part she's playing. We don't know at all. We have no idea what she's going to be doing, but she is going to be a part of Wednesday. I wonder if she's going to be like a teacher or something. That's what I'm curious about, but I'm also really curious how you're going to put in Wednesday Adams and in a Wednesday Adams <laughs> They do show. that all the time. But so. um, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited for the show. Uh, there's eight episodes announced. It comes out this year. Yep. The... Uh, this is Tim Burton's first show. Um, not just show, uh, live action directing TV series. He's never done a live action TV series. Before. Correct, yes. Um, I don't doubt that he's going to make it beautiful. My concern is that they are going to make it like a cheesy kid show. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be too comedic and children like. Like, she's obviously going to. The first episode will probably be her befriending some outliers from her school to solve a mystery kind of a deal. Yeah. So, we'll see. I don't know if each episode is its own mystery or if, like, Bones kind of a style, or if it's going to be one ongoing mystery, which I hope it is for eight episodes. Yeah. But we'll see. I have hopes for it. I do, too. And I'm... I, I love Tim Burton as an act as our I, director. He's one of my favorite directors. Tim Burton, we are trusting you with yeah, our prized possession of Please. Wednesday Adams. She is a God. Catherine Zeta Jones looks fucking amazing. She's gonna make a gorgeous. <laughs> I'm Marticia. so excited for that. Yes. And I think Louise Guzman is gonna be fucking great as Gomez because mm-hmm. he's so funny. It's and their height difference will be great it's perfect. Too. It's yeah. very. 
Like the TV show. Yeah. The, I'm sorry, the animated movie. Yeah, the animated movie. So, of course, they play the What's Your Favorite Scary Movie game. She says her favorite movie is The Babadook, which I thought was great. <laughs> That's where she said, oh, it's an elevated horror. That's Yeah, so in the last podcast episode, you'll hear me say that and talk about that. That's what I was looking for. And Antlers. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. yeah, she calls it elevated horror, and um, she references Midsommar and things like those, um, like The Witch and stuff like that, because they're different they make you think and feel differently <laughs> but i thought it was great because he's like no we're talking about like original horror movies here <laughs> well and he's like i only care about stab movies yeah which is the scream universe version of scream mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a genius idea yeah they just to put it in itself which is perfect because it is still a satire horror movie making fun of horror movies mm-hmm. in the most perfect way ghostface plays the whole stab trivia you gotta... And she's like, I don't even know those movies. <laughs> He's like, well, too fucking bad. <laughs> um, and if she fails, her friend Amber dies. So her first... The first answer, of course, is revealed that Sidney Prescott lived on Elm Street. Yeah. Which which we did know back in the day, or at least if you did all the super far trivia like I did, you found that out through those things. But um, he makes those little, like, throwbacks, and it's nice that they kept that in kind of style with not having Wes Craven around. They did. So, I thought that was pretty cool. The other questions, uh, she ends up Googling the cast for the original Stab, which I thought was um, pretty great (laughs) because she's on, sitting on the phone with this and she pulls out her phone and I was like, why don't you just Google these things? And then she does and I'm like, oh, see, at least they're smart and they think about this. So. So later in the episode, at the end of the episode, Mm -hmm. I've Pulled up everything that the world knows about the Stab franchise. So we're going to go in depth about who's in them, what the storylines are, stuff like that. Deal. They did so smart with that shit. Uh, <clears throat> and you see the majority of them in Scream 4. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they do the whole, they do like the marathon and stuff like that. The Stabathon. The Stabathon, that's right. So smart. <laughs> um, when she fails the test, she gets stabbed seven times but lives. Ugh, and can I just say the way he breaks her leg? Ugh. She is the first opener mm-hmm. to survive. Yes. And the broken leg is a th- tribute to Psycho. That's why. Um, no, Misery. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, wait. No, Psycho. Misery. Because he smashes her legs. Into the okay. But also in Scream. Not Scream. Scary Movie... The one, which Scary is based movie. on Scream, Scary right? Movie, yeah. The girl like throws. Oh yeah, her she leg. breaks her leg in half. She goes, "Oh no, guess I'll just break my leg." And then like you watch it snap. Oh, yeah. I used to watch that. I watched that movie way too. Yeah, that's meant to be a throwback to. Those okay, movies. okay, good to know. That makes sense though. It took me a long time. I'm sorry. I was like, hold up. I'm here. I was like, Psycho doesn't have anything. But that was, misery, yes. That was my bad. Um, but then it cuts to introducing the new gang. Because in every ghost, or every scream, there's a gang of friends that, and it all gets referenced, and we'll get to it later. So first is Samantha Carpenter, uh, who is Tara's estranged older sister, who is 23. And she lives, like, out of out of the city. Um, and she ends up getting called by Tara's friend about being in the hospital and how she was attacked. And so Sam comes running back to town. She is played by Melissa Barrera, 
and she was born in Monterey, Nuevo Leon, Mexico. She's going to be 32 this year, so she you knows she's nearly playing somebody 10 years younger, but she looks wonderful. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them are, like, 30-year-olds playing high school kids. I know, it amazes me. Uh, she has five nominations for this film, or, uh, she has five nominations for the film In Wither- or in the Heights, I'm sorry, it's a Spanish film? No, it's not. Oh. Sorry, there's a period that I didn't see there. <laughs> it's a musical that just came out. In the Heights. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it, but I've heard of that. Um, but she's mainly and well-known for being in more Spanish films mm-hmm. than anything. Um, but she did great in this movie, I thought. I do enjoy that they brought the Carpenter name into this, just because it is like a nod to Halloween director John Carpenter. Kind of, they had Billy Loomis in, uh, in this movie, and then they had Sam Loomis in, like, the, in, in Halloween, and so they've slowly been using, like, Carpenter's names and stuff like that, and I'm glad they kind of continue doing that. In Everything one. goes back to Halloween. It, it, <laughs> it does, though. Um, so I thought that was pretty wonderful, but Sam's boyfriend, going back to the characters, Sam's boyfriend is played by, or is Richie, uh, Kersich? I think it's Kirsch. Kirsch? Okay. Maybe. It's Richie. Nevertheless, Sam's boyfriend is Richie. (laughs) This is my favorite character because his lines, like, Mm -hmm. all of them are just so lighthearted and, like, comedy-filled. Yeah, I was going to say, he's, like, the comic relief throughout this one. But he's also the one that is kind of... He's the one that is, like, why are you guys doing exactly what they do in scary movies? He's, like, we should not be splitting up. We should leave. He's, Like, like, he's almost, like, the smart... Comic relief, comic relief, in a way. He's the logical one, but he's played by Jack Quaid, who is also in um, The Boys. Have he's, you ever seen that? I love The Boys. Oh my gosh, me I, too. Okay. I love The Boys. I think it is such a great show, and he does so good in it. The Boys is an Amazon original. Yes, uh, go watch it. And oh yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Just it's, go watch it. Um, very bloody though. It is. It is for mature audiences only. <laughs> Jack Quaid will be 30 years old this year, so woohoo, go on him. But he's also been... (gasps) Me too! We're the same age. Look at you. I thought he was older than you. Nope. Um, (laughs) He's also been in things like The Hunger Games, um, as a character named Marvel, and then he was in The Boys as Huey Campbell. Still is. Um, The Boys Season 3 is coming out soon, I believe. Wes Hicks is um, one of the high school friends that calls Sam... He is the son of Deputy Judy Hook, Judy Hooks, <laughs> <laughs> Judy Hicks, who we see in Scary Movie Four. Scream Four. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> We're so good at this. Scream Four. Yeah, you see her. You meet her in Scream Four. Okay, I'm so on top of things. This is played by Dillian. Uh, oh my God, <laughs> take a breather. Katie's gonna go shut down, power off for two minutes. I need to go reset my brain. <laughs> We're gonna factory reset. <laughs> Uh, he's played by Dylan Minnette, who <laughs> was in Let Me In, Goosebumps, Don't Breathe, which mm-hmm. I forgot he was in that one. And um, I think he's most well 100%. known for 13 Reasons Why. Which is incredibly hard to watch, just so you know. I think that's why they dyed his hair for this film. They, like, bleached his hair. I think it's simple. Dude, like old school fucking, like, but highlight style, too. His face is not... 
I don't know, like, there's actors that you can see in different movies, and even though you recognize them, you don't, that's not all you see, mm-hmm. right? But his, like, I will never not see him in that role. You can't yeah. just change, he just, he's not very blendable, I guess is the word, moldable. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. He'll never not be 13 Reasons Why for the rest of the world, so that probably makes it harder for him to find jobs, to be honest. But Yeah, that show's rough, too. Very his rough. character name, obviously, is meant to be a nod to Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. Chad and Mindy, I'm back, I can I can do this, I swear. <laughs> Chad and Mindy Meeks Martin, um, who are, they portray twins and nephews of Randy Meeks, who we love so dearly. He was the film aficionado in 1 and 2. Yes, he is the kid, they are the kids of Martha Meeks, who you know from Scream 3, which is Randy's sister, and I love that they actually brought her back. I am not even gonna lie, like, in the theater when I saw her being like, oh, kids, I was like, oh, you're fucking kidding me. <laughs> it was exciting. Jasmine Savoy Brown is who I am talking about. She plays Mindy uh, Mindy Meeks Martin. So many M's, man. So many M's. She has two nominations, including the nomination for Queer Tea for her part in this film. So I had to Google what the Queer Tea is. And it is a award, basically a movie award system, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, that honors the LGBTQ community's brightest stars and innovators. That's from their own website. That's cool. She has been quoted saying that it was exciting and humbling to be the first LGBTQ woman of color to become a final girl in the franchise. She's also, I think, really the only LGBTQ person portrayed in these films. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's only like 30 seconds of her making out with the girl. Yeah. But that's like it. It's like a nod. It's not even... Yeah. Not a big... It's not a plot in this film. Um, not downgrading it at all, but I'm just saying, like, it's not. Yes. Our world just makes it bigger. But she had never seen any of the movies in the franchise until she started filming. That's so interesting. They... The cast watched... For Halloween, they all got together and watched, I think, Scream 1 or something together. Hmm. Which is cool that they were all... Fr- I love that kind of stuff. But uh, I think that was the first time she saw one of those films. Huh. Inter- that's really interesting. I'm always so curious about that because it's, like, Scream is such a very well-known horror, like, horror movie that's been around since 2000. 1999, technically. 96. Yeah. I'm thinking of fucking Scream, or Scary Movie. God damn it. Get your shit together. I know. Movie. I keep getting mixed things. Um, but, it, like, she's gotta be my age, your age, something close to that. And to just not see scream well and that long my thing is if you know you're auditioning for a movie like you should know would be really hard to not want to be like okay what are they looking for right um because they were rebooting they're trying to create new characters they're modernizing it so i get being like okay i don't want to put myself into those positions i want to be a new person yeah so that's cool but it would be really hard to not have seen them yeah but it's cool i guess her twin brother, her twin brother Chad Meeks Martin, is is uh, Mason Gooding. That is the son of Cuba Gooding Jr. Didn't know that. They don't look alike. Didn't know he had a son. To be completely honest, I don't really keep track of people's kids. Uh, no, and like you don't hear a lot about Cuba Gooding Jr. anymore, anyway. Yeah, so their house is like a complete shrine dedicated to Randy because, well, not the whole house, just above the mantle. They have like, yeah, a, it's a, a big sh- thing to him, shrine, which is super cute, but. Um, I believe it's because their adopted mother in the movie is Randy's sister. Not adopted. They can still be her children. Well, correct. But 
But yeah, they brought her back just for like that that split second because you you meet her only for like a moment in I think number two or three. She's in three. Yeah, and I love that they actually brought her back. It made me happy. There are so many throws to Randy in this movie and just like hints to Randy. It makes me so happy. Then you meet Amber Freeman. Never trust Freeman. <laughs> I feel like that's a name a lot of people use for like sketchy things. Because I'm a free man. Just kidding. Morgan Freeman. Oh, shit. I love Morgan Freeman. Never mind. I take that back. Um, Never trust an Amber. Never. No. (laughs) So, Amber Freeman, who really doesn't like Sam. Like, and it's very, it's very apparent that she doesn't like Sam. Um, I think it's, I mean, obviously it's because they're estranged sisters and she's the best friend that's like, well, you weren't here and I'm here for her, so fuck you. Situation. Um, but yeah, so, <laughs> that chair is really dangerous. <laughs> I almost just died. Um, so, yeah, Amber is Tara's best friend who takes on the, like, um, protective olderly sister kind of vibe against the older sister, because, and they even, they even make claim to this in the movie, which I love too. But, this is played by Mikey Madison. I didn't see... Her in anything. You might recognize her other movies, but I didn't really remember anything. I thought she looked like uh, uh, Tabitha from Scary Movie 3, when the little girl is like, You have broken the curse, <laughs> and I am free. My soul is saved. And she's like, Nah, I'm, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> she kind of looks like her. Kind of. Um, it's not her, though. I googled it. She also slightly reminded me of the young girl. Uh, I knew her in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, she reminded me slightly of the little girl who plays Alessa in Silent Hill. I don't know if I've ever watched those. So Silent Hill's really great, but she kind of reminded me of her. Um, oh, yeah, okay. And then this is, like, her evil side of stuff. Yeah, she does look like well, A little bit. So I was like, is that her? It's not. What we're trying to say, she looks like a 13-year-old girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, with really big lips. That's what we're going for. No, she's, um... Uh, she, she's, she just looks like... She's looks born like in 99, so she is, after all, she's 21, but... Anyways. She, um... She's very standoffish. Mean-ish. In, like, the very beginning when you first meet her. I mean, she so. doesn't really have a lot of parts. That's really, like, her biggest part. Is that scene. Yeah. To be honest. Finally, there is Sonia Amar, who is Tara's, like, grunge friend, Liv McKenzie. McKenzie. Um, she's, she's the one that has, like, the, the colored hair and wears the dark makeup and has the nose Lots ring. Lots of denim. And... Yeah. Uh, that's, that's her. She's cool. I believe she's also the boyfriend of Chad. Or girlfriend of Chad. Yes. Both. Both. Both of those. Yeah. All of that. So, <clears throat> Sam arrives at the hospital and reveals that she's been having visions of Billy Loomis for some strange reason. Like, she's seeing dead Billy Loomis around, randomly. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck is that about? It's also, (laughs) in these visions, when you first see Billy Loomis, um, she is wearing a white t-shirt, just like the visions of Billy Loomis. And I don't think I put this in there as the legacy thing, but Skeet Ulrich came back to play these parts. And he doesn't look much older. It's no, no, super cool. Well, okay, if you watch any, if you watch Riverdale or something like that, like you've seen Skeet Ulrich recently, but like, I, I'm gonna say it to this day. In in Scream originally, he was hot as fuck. 
I think he looks better one, in Riverdale. He's so fucking hot still. I but, would love that man. Yeah, they, he grew out his hair. Looks great. He looks great. He looks so good. Looks like 16-year-old Skeet O'Rourke. He looks so damn good. Um, so, oh, Skeet, Sorry. you're sexy and a badass, and I hope you listen to this someday. Um, here's my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> Please call me. Bye-bye-bye. We're in Utah. It's great. We can hang out. We'll just have you on the, we'll have you on the podcast. Yeah. But, yeah. So, Ghostface apparently knows... Pro quo. <laughs> uh, Ghostface apparently knows whatever the secret is and attacks her in the hospital for whatever reason. Her being Sam. You know, Ghostface is always around. You just never know where he could be. Attacks her in a public hospital in a break room that has absolutely nobody in it. And they're, like, making a lot of noise and nobody did, walks in. <laughs> they did another, like, Halloween 2 thing where the hospital was oddly understaffed. Completely empty. Yeah, yeah. Well, they do they do make mere mentions of part of that. Deputy Hicks is now the sheriff and we uh well, we we figured out kind of why. Um but she arrives to figure out what's going on and why and then is not very excited to see Sam back. Marley Sheldon is the one that is continuing her role as Sheriff Judy Hicks, who we saw in Scream 4 for the first time. Um her and her lemon squares. Yep. And her crush on Dewey at the time, at least, but apparently she had a son within that time frame. I guess this is this is a few years later. I like I take that back. She could they have definitely had. You know what? They should have had those two end up together. Because like film. she had a solid crush on him. It was very apparent and mentioned in Scary Movie Four or Scream Four. So God damn it, Scary Movies. <laughs> they should have had those two together. That would have been cute. That would have been interesting. But uh, she plays Wendy, the lifeguard in the Sandlot. I had no idea. I. Just made that connection. She's also in, I don't know if you remember this movie, Sugar and Spice, that cheerleader one. Oh, yeah. That we used to watch all the time. Yeah. Where they rob a bank. Yeah, forever ago. I'm pretty sure I was on TV the other day and I almost watched it because I was like, well, I know this. Um, she was also in Grindhouse and Planet Terror, which are both um, very gruesome movies. <laughs> very bloody. But, yeah. Nothing about Grindhouse argues that. No. Like the title Grindhouse. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> well, Grindhouse and Planet Terror, like the, they're, they're combined kind of thing. Oh, okay. They're like together. So Sam ends up telling her little sister that when she was 13, she found out her mom's high school diary, or she found her mom's high school diaries, which informed her that her real father is Billy Loomis. Which also means Billy Loomis was giving... And cheating on Sydney. Yeah, giving yeah. her a hard time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, not well, that he was, like, a stand-up guy. No, no. <laughs> obviously. Because he tries to kill... Or kills a bunch of people. Um, this means her mother lied to everyone about this. And so... It also is the reason that their dad left, causing Sam to spiral out of control when... Uh, like, as a kid, and then leave at 18 and run away, and her sister kind of holds a grudge for running. So. Which is understandable. Well, and their mom was such a mess. She didn't, she wanted her older sister there to help protect her and take care of her. And yeah, and that's something I have to mention. Mention, you, not once, not once do you meet the mother of these two. It's a theme in screen movies that you yep. don't see parents. Nope. The only adult ever is Gail Weathers. And Dewey. And Dewey. Yep. And now Sydney. Which, <laughs> I just realized there's a huge age difference. Big. Between those two and Sydney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that never struck me. Because mm-hmm. they seem so adult-like in all the other yeah. ones. But. Yeah. yeah. I just realized that. 
So, Sam and Richie, uh, they feel, feel like the only way to solve and figure the whodunit mystery is uh, to talk to Dewey, who, you know, has been through all of this and is sad and single and recluse living in a trailer alone, watching Gail Weathers on her morning show from far away. <laughs> so, uh, when you see Dewey, he's watching Gail Weathers on this mm-hmm. morning show. And she, in the background, you can hear her talking about staging an intervention about bangs. Yeah. And that is a throwback to her third scream, where her bangs were absolutely horrendous. Oh, so bad. And there's a funny picture of someone's tweet floating around currently, mm-hmm. uh, where it's like, if you're ever having a bad day, just remember you don't have Courtney Cox's bangs and screams. Yeah. Right? And she replies to it, and she's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so good. Ah, oh, man. So good. But Dewey immediately reviews the rules of surviving stab when he sits down with these two. At first, he's like, I'm not fucking talking to you guys. Get the fuck away. Go away. And then she's like, I'm Billy Loomis's daughter. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, you could just tell in his face. He's like, God fucking damn it. This is again. This is happening again. So, they sit down, and Dewey goes over the rules of surviving stab. Number one, never trust the love interest. Immediately looks at Richie and is like, how fuck, How long have you known this guy? That long? Probably a suspect. Motive, motive is always the connected, is always connected to something in the past. Which always has been. This whole film. Yeah, is- every bit. This is a huge, this whole film is a throwback to the, to the original. Which I fucking love. And that's a huge... Huge theme in this in this movie in general is is go back to the original. It all comes back to the original. Number three, the first victim always has a friend group, and that victim uh, or that the victim is a part of, and the suspect is always in that friend group. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's one of Tara's friends, and they obviously need to figure out which fucking one. So all of them are suspects. Every single one of that friend group is suspects at this point, including yeah. Sam. You would think, just because she's... So instead of just locking themselves in a room together and being like, right, who's the murderer? They just, like... They separate everybody, and they're like, well, fuck it. Yep. (laughs) They're like, well, it's one of us, and they're like, okay. Guess we're gonna figure this out. Have a nice day. Dewey has been stabbed nine times throughout the film, as Katie mentioned earlier, but Mm -hmm. it's, like, officially said in this film. And on his mantle is a jar... That labeled Tatum, which means he kept his sister's ashes because she was a victim in the first massacre. Yep. She's, uh, if, you, if you don't know who Tatum is, let me just remind you of her death because I fucking love it. Nope, just go back oh, okay. and watch, <laughs> listen to the first episode of it. So Dewey calls Sydney, uh, who apparently now has babies of her own because you see her jogging with a stroller and is now married to somebody named Mark. So... In Scream 3, the detective that saves her is Detective Mark Kincaid, who is played by Patrick Dempsey. And at the end of that one, he's a survivor, and they're kind of chummy. They're, like, watching a film together. What a connection that I didn't think of. Um, But in 4, she's totally single. Yeah. So I like to think that they kept in touch. All the survivors of Ghostface massacres kind of... They have like a they have like a ghost face survival group. They have a support group. <laughs> they have their own Facebook page, invitation only. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I'd like to think that they kept in touch and then that would be kind of cool. Together, that would be cool. We'll just we'll just believe that that's that way. That's what happened. That's, that's what happened. That's, that's what, is what it now is. Canon. That's, that's her husband. Yep. 
<laughs> so basically, Dewey calls her and tells her to stay away under all circumstances. Don't come back. Ghostface is back. Don't fucking come back. <laughs> and, and she's like, I wasn't fucking planning on it. I have kids to protect of my own. Fuck that. They all come together and at the Meeks house, like all the friend group, and they're trying to figure out everything. And they find out that the other victim of Ghostface so far was a creep who was named Vincent, whose mom was Leslie Mocker, uh, the sister of Stu Mocker, who was one of the OG killers in the first one. Ba -ba -da -ba. I love you, Matthew Willard. So, <laughs> I'm going to forget this if we don't talk about it now. Okay. But uh, eventually you find out that Amber lives in Stu's old house. Mm -hmm. Do you think Vincent knew that was his mom's old house? That would be a good question to ask. Um, hmm. I don't think he did, probably. Probably not. not. But... Probably not. But we're gonna we're gonna come back to Stu's house because that was a huge thing for me. And and I big situation for me as soon as I saw that I saw that it was amazing. So Mindy goes on to talk about how Stab Eight is the worst one ever and the killer was trying to rewrite it in order to do the franchise justice. And then she goes on this big monologue, yeah. and I honestly don't really disagree with anything about her monologue. No, not at all. And all the stuff so, she says about reboots. <laughs> so Mindy basically takes over the role as what Randy was in the original. Yeah. She knows all the horror movies. She knows the plots. She knows the rules. She basically, like, studied under her, her uncle. <laughs> and I love it. I fucking love it. So she determines the most likely killer is Sam. Which uh, upsets Sam, causing her to bail and have more Loomis visions while she drives around town um, and sees him sitting in the back of her car. It then cuts to Sheriff Jody Hicks' house, where she's clearly on edge, a little shaken up. She's um, hanging out in her kitchen, which is fucking amazing. I love her kitchen. It's such a cool setup. The like the tiles, the tiles, the color. It's great. Yeah, I don't know I how it's great. How she can afford that. As on a, a sheriff, sheriff in California. And, yeah, I was going to okay. say, in a tiny little town like that. Um, no and then they do the cutest little throwback. She leaves a sticky note on her fridge yeah. that says there's lemon squares in the fridge. And that she's going to go get sushi. Um, so she leaves the house to go get sushi, and Wes takes a shower, because Wes is her son. While in the car, she gets a call from an unknown caller. <laughs> da, 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 da. It's Ghostface, of course, threatening her son. And naturally, uh, she freaks out, panics, goes back, and, uh, well, she gets attacked and dies. Ghostface attacks both of them. They both die. Yeah. Uh, then Gail shows up on the scene after the deaths and meets Sam and sees Dewey for the first time in a very long time. Turns out, Gail and Dewey divorced because she got an opportunity in New York, and he didn't like the big, big city living, and so he came back to Wordsboro. He just couldn't handle it. And then that's sadly where we also find out that he was told to retire as sheriff. He didn't choose to retire. He was told to. It. Uh, they subtly hint that he became an alcoholic. Yes. And, and Which that, I hate. Yeah. I. That's why I think they should have had him come back, date Judy Hicks. And like. They should have gotten married. He could have retired to be with the kid. Yeah. And then she could have taken over as sheriff. That would have been so cute. He deserved more. He did deserve more, but I also understand that they wanted to keep the love interest between Dewey and Gale there. I don't, I think it was stupid. But. Because they still could have done, like, a little awkward scene where he shows up and Judy's like, um. 
Yeah. Hi, Gail. So Sam shows up, and she calls Richie, and this is where we find out Richie's watching Stab 8, and, like, watching reviews of it, and he's trying to, like, figure out and catch up on all the stabs, and why it's such a thing with Woodsboro and all that stuff. Um, so on this side of his screen, you can see different videos that they invented, uh, and one of them is an interview with Kirby, the lone survivor, and so in Scream 4, her fate is kind of unknown. Yeah, she it's left. It's, you it's, you assume she died. Yeah. They don't say anything. But in this film, they hint that she was a survivor. But also, when Dewey is scrolling through his phone to call Sydney, you can see Kirby as a contact. Which is so cool. So she's in the Facebook group. <laughs> Go her. The ghost face survivor. The ghost face survivor. Yeah. <laughs> the, the GFSG. But she gets group. the notoriety that Jill wanted and didn't get in Scream 4, which I think is well, kind of like a cool, like, it, fuck it, you. it is, because, um, fuck you, Jill. Yeah. And Kirby was the shit anyway, and she was the true horror fan anyway. <laughs> Sam re- realizes after this that no one is with her sister at the hospital and freaks out, and her and, her and Dewey take off. There's also a piece before this that I feel like we should mention about this whole hospital situation, where they're like... She freaks out and she's like, my sister's not protected. And they're like, we can move her to an unoccupied floor. And I'm like, that's probably not any better to move her to a floor where nobody's up there. <laughs> um, no hospital has an unoccupied floor. I didn't think that was a thing either. Um, she should... So they monitor when you're in the hospital. They are monitoring your vitals every 30 minutes. They come in and out, in and out. She got stabbed seven times. There's no way... Yeah. That... They aren't checking for infections. Her organs are fucking fucked up. Yeah. So, that stuff doesn't make sense to me. But, yeah, so they move her to an unoccupied floor. So, Sam's like, who the fuck is watching my sister? Because after the sheriff was stabbed, one of the other officers was like, I'm going to go to the sheriff and leave my post. I feel like you would get in a lot of trouble for leaving your post like that. So, Tara is watching Dawson's Creek in the hospital and decides that her seven stab wounds and broken leg are nothing and she's gonna go wander the um hospital in her wheelchair where she can't even like push the wheelchair because she was stabbed in the hand that's the um other piece to that misery throwback that i mentioned earlier the the wheelchair trying to get around in that thing yeah Um, so this film was done in wilmington north carolina which happens to be the same place where dawson's creek was filmed Oh. <laughs> and so when they did this film, a bunch of the crew that was working on Scream 5 had worked together on Dawson's Creek. Oh, that's so funny. So this was like a fun reunion for them, which is why they she was watching Dawson's Creek. That's such an odd reunion to be like, Dawson's Creek, Scream 5. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if they all just happened to be available at the same time and showed up and were like, hey, you're working this film? Or if... Holy shit, you're on this too? <laughs> yeah, or if there's some other tie. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that's why she was watching Dawson's Creek. Um, so on her little uh, uh, adventure of trying to get the fuck around the room, which I don't know why you're trying to travel like that, she finds a murdered security guard, and then out of nowhere, Richie shows up and gets attacked by Ghostface, ends up scaring the shit out of her, like in every movie. <laughs> Ghostface gives Sam the option to pick who lives because they call Sam, of course. Um, and before she has time to choose, because she's wasting time, her and Dewey arrive and they're like, pew, 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 and just they, like that, they shoot him. <laughs> Dewey shoots Ghostface and kicks his ass for the first time in Scream franchise, like ever. 
And, like, actually is like, fuck you. <laughs> because it's always Dewey gets hit once, and he's down. He's passed out yeah, for the dude. rest of the fight, and he wakes up at the end and is like, what happened? He's like, did I do anything? <laughs> no, honey, I'm sorry. He's just the distraction. Yeah. Um, oh, this is so heartbreaking. Dewey gets the kids on the elevator, and then he's like, fuck, you have to shoot it in the head. Just You have to go and shoot him in the head or else it's not done. Ba-ba-da-da. He gets distracted by a phone call, and um, Ghostface is like, huh? I'm alive, bitch! As always. Well, sadly, this is where our loving Dewey dies. Actually dies. The worst part is, it's all because of Gale. Yeah. It's not all because of Gale. It's not all because of Gale, but... She's the one that calls and distracts him. Yeah, when he's trying to do, like, the final I didn't want to believe it in the theater. I was like, he's gonna be alive! He's gonna be alive! Honestly, it's... It just made me think of Star Wars. Um, Yeah. They took Han Solo and killed him super quick. Yep. Uh, That's what happens to poor Dewey. That's when... Gale, you see Gale crying in the front of the hospital because she knows Dewey's dead. You're giving too much detail. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so this is where Sydney actually comes back. Because she's never not going to come back. Yeah, she she's, hears Dewey's going to die or Dewey's dead. She's going to come back. Yeah. And they happen to run into Sam while at leaving the hospital. Um, and they ask Sam, they ask for Sam's help, warning her that she'll never be done with this no matter what. And she says no and leaves and Gail and Sydney are like, well, we have to go track her. But they put a tracker on Sam's car. Uh, so Sam is taking Tara out of, the, uh, out of the hospital and out of the town. And when they're on their way out of the town, Tara forgets her inhaler at the hospital. And they say, and she goes, I have an extra one at Sam's house. They stop at or Amber's house. So they stop at Amber's house to get her inhaler. But of course, when they stop at Amber's house, what's going on? Oh, it's a giant fucking party. Because who's going to throw a party when their best friend's in the hospital after being stabbed seven times? Um, the real question is, why are their parents allowing them to throw parties when there's a murderer stabbing teenagers? It, again, uh, it's, a, it's a running thing on screen. <laughs> Stu does it. <laughs> but this is also where you find out that Amber lives in Stu Mocker's house. Well, before we get to that part. Uh, so the party is a memorial party for Wes because he died and they're like, oh, let's party. So in the uh, party, there's a bunch of stuff that says memorial for Wes and like for Wes oh, that's all over cool. the place. I didn't notice that at all. Yeah, that's all the banners okay. and stuff. Um, and again, that's just to pay homage to, to Wes, Craven. Wes Craven. Who deserves it? That man created wonderful things like this. His brain. So... All of the friends are super suspicious of each other, and they're actually trying to make some sort of, like, life-saving decisions. However, it doesn't really matter they, at all. They <laughs> try really hard. They they're make like, an effort. <laughs> I don't I don't want to be alone with you, because yeah. what if you're the killer? Yeah. Um, but, you know, they all end up getting attacked once uh, the party is kind of ended, and the way that it's ended is beautiful. Because, of course, the old the old guy at the party has to be like, Okay, hey, party's over. Get the fuck out. <laughs> It's great. But this is where you find out at the end of the party when everybody's getting attacked that Amber is one of the two ghost faces. And that wasn't a surprise. No, no. That's why I said she was, she had a very minimal part up until the end. Yeah, she, and I'm I'm sure they did that on purpose to be like, maybe you won't be able to tell. It was super easy to be like, she's the fucking killer. They try, one of the things that bugs me about this one is they try really hard to make every other friend look suspicious. 
um, to throw you off. But to me, that that's just being like, okay, well, obviously they're not it. But in the other film, like in the first Scream, mm-hmm. they do a really good job of not necessarily making every single friend look suspicious. Yeah. The only one that see, that they throw suspicion on is Billy. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that's the storyline. But yeah. this one they tried too hard to make other people. I would agree. So, turns out the party is at Stu Mocker's old house where the original party was done. And right before Sydney and Gail show up to this house, they immediately know where they're going. They also immediately know it's Amber despite her innocent act of a victim. Because she tries to pull the whole thing where she comes out of the house like Stu did. And it, it's him, Sydney. It's him. I forgot. No, Stu it was did that. yeah, and he Stu, was even Stu and Randy. It was Stu and Randy, and he was trying to play Randy. Good call. I forgot about. Oh, that. dude. <laughs> yeah, but the best part is, um, they both look at each other. Gail and Sydney both look at each other, and they're like, "Is it real or fake?" And they're both like, "Fake." And at that point, Amber goes, "Fuck this," and just pulls out a gun and shoots Gail. Like that's so good. That was a fun little little throwback too. Yeah, I forgot about that. Good call. So Sydney decides to go into the house alone, of course, and try and kill everybody. Um, although she she's got a gun, so she's ready. <laughs> she's basically. Do you notice the first thing she does is shoot through the closet door where her dad was kept? Yeah, but you also find out that wasn't a closet door. That was the basement door. Because that's the door that they go down. That's the door that Richie goes down to get to the basement to get beer. I, like, I made these connections oh. and I was like, what the fuck? So that also means that they were keeping the dad not in a closet, but in the basement, which makes a little bit more sense of why it took Stu a little bit longer to get him up. I'm going to pull the film up. Do it. <clears throat> so we paused the recording. We pulled up uh, Scream. We, yeah, we pulled up the movie. <laughs> Scream 5 on Paramount. And it is different doors. Yes. So, the basement door is in the kitchen. The closet door is in the hallway. Hallway, yeah. So, at least we wanted to we wanted to clear that up. So, Sydney shoots into the closet. Good on her. Um, before opening it up, because she's smart. But, yeah, she is smart enough to, before opening a door, like, when she hears stuff, she just shoots through the door. <laughs> Which I think is great. She's also just like, fuck any potential victims behind these doors. Yeah. Um... She does accidentally shoot Richie through the door, but it turns out that he's the second killer. Ba 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 ba. I was so disappointed. Okay. Dewey was right though. <laughs> he was my favorite one. His comic relief was great. I thought that for sure he was gonna die in a comedic way, like Tatum. Yeah. Your <laughs> um, death was pretty great. I thought that's how he was gonna go. Anyways, uh, we revealed Richie's the second killer. Yeah. And then I was upset about it. It turns out the two, meaning Richie and Amber, met on a stabbed, stab subreddit site, um, like Reddit list. I don't know. I don't know what they're called. It's just, chat. It's called a subreddit. It's just a subreddit. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and they intend to make Sam their scapegoat and make her look like she's the killer. Uh, Tara ends up calling the police as she's hiding in the house and creates enough distraction for Gail, Sydney, and Sam to all fight back against these guys. While Sydney and Gail take on Amber in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. Sam takes on Richie, but the scuffle ends with Sam killing Richie with a knife and stabbing him a bajillion and a half times. (laughs) So she, I don't know if you caught this, but she wipes off the blade. Just like Billy does. It's so well done, because that's also like an iconic thing that you see Ghostface do, is he grabs the the blade of the knife, 
and he wipes it off with his glove and he cleans the knife so it's nice and clean to stab the next person with she does the exact same thing <laughs> I know she did it that those tiny details these are the things that make oh. me really love this movie because it really does throw it back to the original and I'm such a huge I'm such a huge Scream fan. For fuck's sake, I have one ghost face tattoo. I'm actually going to get a second one for Stu because I want both of them to be a part of my sleeve. So I I understand why some people didn't like this movie because they... I feel like they don't understand. <laughs> well, so they understand. Their thing is like, you threw back, but you're rewriting. Yeah. Like, you're cre- they're trying to create a new cast. That's why it's yeah. a reboot. Yeah. It's because they're rebooting it with Sam as the new Sydney. Yeah. It's not its own storyline. Right. I can see people getting frustrated about that. What I can do is appreciate what they have done to tie it into it. I agree. And they worked, I mean, at least in my eyes, you can see that they worked really hard to tie it in together like this and to... And keep the Scream franchise the way it was. Yeah, and, well, like, in the... It's an homage to Scream movies, or to horror movies. Yeah. They do a great job with that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. If you didn't know any better, you would still think Wes Craven was directing these. Exactly. Yeah. And they did really great with that. Not that I, like, am a Wes Craven fanatic, and I could... I'm sure someone who studies Wes Craven specifically would be like, Oh, listen, bitch. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Back the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) We are amateurs, guys. I don't know what you want from us. We just love horror. I, we just fucking love horror movies. But they uh, they all go with their separate ways at the end and, and the end. <laughs> um, one thing I'd like to say is uh, in the fourth scream, they say the only way to survive a scary movie is to be gay. Mm-hmm. Mindy survives. Correct. And she's gay. Chad survives, her twin. He's not gay. But I didn't... They have a lot of survivors in this they, one. They do. But I think it's because they were able to... They had they had Sydney and Gail, man. I think... At the proper time. <laughs> Amber and Richie got lazy. <laughs> I, that too. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, when... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so I did really good, like I said at the beginning of this episode, of avoiding any spoilers, any trailers, anything about this movie... The only thing that was spoiled for me was knowing that Stu Mocker's house had been rebuilt. And in the theater, nobody knew about this. No, I didn't tell anybody about this. But in the theater, as soon as I realized where they were going and, like, where Amber's house was, I, we were in, like, those really comfy theater chairs, the ones that, like, raise. I sat up and I saw, I sat cross-legged the entire, like, the last 30, 40 minutes of the movie just staring at it intently because I knew where they were. And as soon as like you, they do like the small little like pan through his house, they don't even show the outside. I knew it was his house instantly. I was like, "That's fucking Stu's house. They're recreating this. Oh my god, they're recreating this fucking thing. Are you kidding me?" And I got very excited about that. So, um, kudos to that because I've always loved Stu's house in the first place. Well, in in the first episode, we talked about how it was a it wasn't a built house. It wasn't a set house. Yeah, and that the house does Airbnb. Yep. And they changed the kind of, like, iconic uh, stained glass window. The, it's yeah, ghost, the ghost space, space window. Now. So when it was zooming out at the very end of this, it mirrors the ending of the original where they pan they, out on all the mayhem and Stu's house. And you hear Gail's uh, I was looking. Report. I was looking at the stained glass window. Mm-hmm. And when it wasn't the scream they have now, I was like, oh, they rebuilt the house. 
Which, I get it, but it would have been cool if they had been able to... It would have, <laughs> and, like, I love that they... I love that, like, the original house itself does have, like, a ghost face stained glass. I would love a ghost face stained glass piece. That'd be so cool. But... Um, when I was looking to see if there's anything cool about where these locations were, um, I found a website called hellosydney.com. Hellosydney.com! They have some badass... Uh, uh, merchandise on their website and I was like I kind of want to buy this stuff uh, they also do they host they help host trivia nights oh cool that are scream related uh, they have a lot of cool behind the scenes trivia type stuff on their website so I didn't steal I try not to steal anything that they have put on there uh, but yeah it was kind of a cool website but they go through and show you where stuff was uh, filmed and whatever they hmm. did get to actually use a school for this one, because in the first one, they weren't allowed to use a yeah, school. Yeah, they used a recreation center. <laughs> uh, some things that are, like I said, unconfirmed, but I think it would be really cool if it was true. Drew Barrymore is uncredited as the voice of the principal for that, like, 20 seconds where they are at school. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, I honestly didn't even hear the principal talk. I don't remember hearing the principal talk. So, I, like I said, I can't confirm that, but I feel like if I heard her voice, I would recognize it. Adam Brody, as we said, is listed it, listed it, listed it, listed it, listed it as a party guest voice. Like, he shouts something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, as we said, he was a deputy in Scream 4. And Matthew Lillard, who was Stu in Scream, is an uncredited flamethrower ghost face voice. Oh, so that would be when Richie is watching the uh, reviews of Stab 8. Yes, he is supposedly the one in that outfit. Oh, man. I can't, I, I have such a big love for Matthew Lillard, and I have because I have such a big love for these movies, I really, really, really wanted them to bring Stu back, because Stu, technically, you don't know if he fully, like, officially dies or not. Like, you actually don't know for sure. You just think he dies, because... Mm-hmm. Pretty sure in this one it even says, like... Well, you do. Because... It, it, you, you find out that he really did die. No, we discussed this in one. I He was dead. I explained it. <laughs> I he just died. don't want it. I didn't want him to die. Uh, there were a bunch of movie references in this one. That's a Scream thing. And the first one, we talked about some of those references and pop culture stuff, like Richard Gere's Gerbil, which everyone, I'm sure, loved to learn about. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing quite like that in this film. Uh, but real quick, we'll go through the references I caught. Okay. Uh, the first one that they said that I heard was Shepard Stone. I didn't know if that was a person. I googled it. I can't figure out what that's a reference to. <laughs> uh, so good luck. Uh, then it's the... Fast and Furious spinoff, Hobbs and Shaw, Friday the 13th, of course. Mm-hmm. Sam Elliott, who's an actor. They, during her rant, Mindy mentions a Mary Sue, and Richie's like, what's a Mary Sue? And Wes is like, don't get me started. So I googled. And a Mary Sue is kind of like a trope, a movie trope. And it's typically a female, but there are male leads called Gary Stews. <laughs> Uh, but it's a female character who embodies the perfect hero or heroine. Often she is an idealized version. And Mary Sue's are usually beautiful, talented, have few or no flaws, and are loved by everyone. So it's those people that you're like, you're not real in movies. Like bullshit, yeah. 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 
The term Mary Sue was coined by Paula Smith as a character's name in the 1973 parody short story, A Trekkie's Tale, which satirized <laughs> idealized female, female characters that were often seen in Star Wars. Star Trek. Star Trek. Sorry, Star Trek. Trekkie. Star Trek. Uh, you can read bits and pieces of it, and it's goofy. I think it's like ten paragraphs. Yeah. Um, author Anne C. Crispin described the term Mary Sue as a, quote, a put-down, implying that the character so summarily dismissed is not a true character, no matter how well drawn, what sex, species, or degree of individuality. Hmm. And there is a website called The Mary Sue, which seeks and this is a quote from their site, to promote watchdog, I'm sorry, to promote watchdog, extol, and celebrate diversity, inclusion, and women's representation in all of these areas, and more, and work to make geekdom safe and open for everyone. Hmm. Uh, they also reference Jordan Peele, which they say is like the ultimate elevated horror yep. director. He came out with us and Get Out. And he's got a new one coming out that I cannot wait to see. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, it's, it's, um, I'll look it up. While she does that, I'll keep going. Uh, they reference Black Christmas, Child's Play, Flatliners, and their remakes. Uh, Mindy says during her thing, not quite a reboot, but not quite a sequel. Like Halloween, Saw, Terminator, Jurassic Park, Ghostbusters. Fuck, even Star Wars. Nope. Always. Always goes back to the original. It does. Nope is the movie, by the way. That yeah, wasn't her yeah, saying. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> sorry. Nope is the new Jordan Peele movie that's coming out this year uh, that I really, really want to see. It looks incredibly interesting, um, and he he does so good with his movies that I just it, it's gonna be great. Uh, so the titles that she's referencing: Halloween twenty eighteen, of course. Mm-hmm. Spiral from the Book of Saw. I have I'm no so, idea what the fuck. So that it's is. actually it's Chris uh, Chris Tucker, I believe. Is it a spin-off, kind of? Like yeah, it loosely it, uh, references. I think Saw? I, I'm not Chris Tucker. It's Chris Rock's, um, like Saw spinoff. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Chris Rock is apparently a huge fan of Saw. So, uh, Terminator: Dark Fate, which came out in 2019, Jurassic World, whoop, whoop. Uh, Ghostbusters: Afterlife, and Star Wars: The Last Jedi. But those are the movies. She also, like we said, references Stephen King's Misery, which is when Tara Carpenter's leg is violently broken. Oh, and, it's rough, too. And then she's, like, pretty miserable and attacked to, attached to a wheelchair. She's kind of helpless to herself. Yeah. Uh, the random stalker character killed uh, had a bunch of tattoos. Will you go to that link? Um, that were specifically chosen as an homage to Wes Craven's film. And this stalker is Vincent the... Nephew of Stumacher. And so the tattoos that he has, one of them is a Freddy Woodpecker, which is a mix of Freddy Krueger with Woody Woodpecker in reference to Nightmare on Elm Street. And I guess Wes Craven really liked birds. Mm -hmm. And by the way, Vince is played by Kyle Mm -hmm. Gallner, just so you guys know. He was also in the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, the 2010 Um, And I have like the biggest fucking crush on that man. He looked... Rough he looked really rough in this movie, they but did a he's good really hot in real life. <laughs> he also had some weird W7, WC72 thing. WC is obviously Wes Craven, mm-hmm. and 72, it refers to Wes's first horror film, The Last House on the Left, which that was scared the living shit out of our parents. 72. The uh, Shocker, 
which is a serial killer that refuses to stay dead. Hmm. I wonder why that's tattooed on him. Hmm. Sorry. Uh, there's also tattoos referencing Red Eye, Friday the 13th, which doesn't really have anything to do with him, but it's a, you know, horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so there's just like, his tattoos are all well thought out. They're, they're there for a reason, and that's, that's what they're saying. Um, the, like, the, the shocker only, only makes sense with a serial killer that won't stay dead, because Ghostface just keeps getting reprised with different killers. <laughs> so, random, I can't remember, I think it's in Scream 4, maybe, but there's a poster, maybe, in the background that says the first house on the right. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. And it's obviously... Yeah, the, the play on the last house on the left. But, yeah, little things like that. Alright. Uh, Dawson's Creek we talked about already. But in addition to what we said about the crew, the writer of Scream, Kevin Williamson, created Dawson's Creek. <laughs> That's so funny and, he I, was and weird. one of the content creators. Obviously, they reference Halloween. Mm-hmm. Psycho is referenced with the shower scene of Wes. Yep. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, obviously. Continuously. The Witch... It follows Hereditary, The Skull, so shocker kind yep. of a deal. Vertigo, The Blob, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Knives Out is referenced. Mm-hmm. So yeah, lots of movies. There's a lot of movies referenced in this, and it's just, they do it so well. And we probably, that's probably not even Oh, I'm them. sure we missed a couple. And it's probably background stuff, too, that, like, posters on the walls. Yeah, I need to, I probably need to watch it. I've watched this movie, I, like, seven times. That I missed. I'm sure I need to watch it again to catch some so more of those. So, I try but. really hard to, like, screenshot yeah. uh, the background so I can zoom in and find stuff, but yeah. I don't I don't get them all. Yeah. It's hard to catch every single one. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard. Especially the subtle references. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, as always, we've got the graveyard. And who we think did it, even though we know who did it. <laughs> well, I meant, like, which, who, which one? Was it Richie or Amber? Oh, oh, I like that, because we did that with, with uh, Steve and Billy, or yeah. Steve and Billy. Okay. I think, um, don't read the names on I them. won't read the names. I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll go over them. Okay. Because yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, unless it was the obvious ones. Right, right, right. But I just put those in there to remind yeah. myself. So the graveyard starts off with, obviously, Vin- Vincent Schneider, who is uh, Stu Mocker's nephew, killed by Ghostface with a swift stab to the neck in a car. Outside of a car. Outside of a car, right. He was right outside of the car. Because his car was... Okay, yeah. Um, who do you think did that one? Um, I think it was Richie. I, I would think it would it'd be Richie, too, because if I remember correctly, he kind of tries to fight back a little. Well, I can't remember where Richie is during that time. That's a good, that's a good point. Because all the friends are together. They were at the bar. Where he gets, where he shows up, and that's why they leave. And Amber's there with the friends. Yeah. And so I think Amber is still accounted for with the friends. That would make sense. Unless she sneaks away. Which is possible. Because she knows he's there. That's, I don't, that's the only one where I'm like, I have no idea, because I cannot think of where Richie is. Why don't you tell us what you guys think? Let us know. Yeah, because Richie might be. Still with Sam. With Sam in the hospital. Or, yeah. Or he was like, okay, well, I'm going to go home and rest. Yeah, so, or go to the, the hotel. Yeah. 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 Okay. But the thing that kills me about Ghostface mm-hmm. is they always make Ghostface seem very tall and big. They didn't in this one. But then they have... A little girl. Amber, who's really little. Mm-hmm. So some of her murders that you know are her... You can tell. 
No, it's still oh. a tall person. I thought I could tell. I th- I thought they looked sh- it looked shorter, and so no, because it's the same. It's the same actor playing actual Ghostface. Yeah. So that's what kills me. <laughs> Maybe she's just in hella good platforms because <laughs> it throws it throws you off. Yeah. But um, that's what makes it hard. I think that one was Richie personally. Yeah. I think Amber was with her friends. So number two is Judy Hicks, who is stabbed by Ghostface around eight or nine times in the stomach in front of her house in broad daylight. Uh, I think that was Amber. I think that was Amber, too, because I believe Richie was in the hospital at that time. No, but it shows Sam mm-hmm. calling him, and he is watching oh, you're stab right. movies at a hotel or Yeah, something. yeah, yeah. He's doing his reviews and the stabs. Yeah. Uh, number two is Wef. Wef. God damn it. West. Wes. It is Wes. Number three is Wes, who is stabbed through the neck. Um, I think also Amber. Yeah. Uh, that one really throws back to, like, a Halloween kill when Myers, like, stabs the lady playing with her drone in the new Halloween. Halloween kills. Sorry. Uh, that's what I thought of. But also, um, they actually mirrored it after Rambo 3. There's a part where he gets a pair. I've never seen any I don't see. I was gonna say, I don't watch Rambo. Um, But the director talks about it in an interview where he... He does this slow, up-close scene where he pulls out a splinter. I don't know. Huh. Um, and so that whole scene is prosthetics. It's not effects. Where he gets stabbed wow. in the neck. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. That's kind of like their proud moment in this film. Yeah, well, hey, they should be. But there's also, not to play devil's advocate, I guess, but they both could have been there for that one, too. Because if you're going mm-hmm. after the sheriff... You're going to want two of you to control two different people. Yeah, the situation. So it's possible they were both there. And when Sam calls Richie, it's just after the fact. Yeah. Because it was, she does call him. When everything is being, like, when examined. The police are there. Yeah, so, yeah. So. I changed my answer. They were both there. Yeah. I, I would agree. Okay. I allow that change. <laughs> I also kind of am changing my answer. I think it was Richie who killed Vincent. Or Amber who killed Vincent. Because there's no way that... Amber would have left, and then he would have left immediately, and Richie would have just happened to be there. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I think, I would think so. Alright. So, after Wes, the officer at the hospital, who is stabbed uh, in the neck, that one has to be Amber. It might have been Richie, because Richie pops up You're right. It could be. It could be Richie, but I feel like Amber's the one that is obviously the ghost face in the hospital at that time, because Richie's supposed to be there un- masked <laughs> but it could be it could have been before she went after yeah it could have been Richie fuck that's what makes it so hard <laughs> I think it was Richie I think it makes more sense if it were Richie especially if it's a cop unless they like, he unless you really caught that person off that cop off guard he didn't have to be an outfit for that one he was no. the only one there yeah because so. they were on that um and he was one of the people allowed to see her Tara. and take care of her. yeah and like stay there I think Richie okay so, so far, Richie's done a lot of this shit. <laughs> um, number five, the hardest, the or number four, the, nope, number five, the hardest heartbreak of all, um, Dewey, who is stabbed in the admin, admin, in the abdomen. By the tum-tum. And then, um, and through the back. the back, and, and pulled, well, he's, he, he was also, it was, it was pulled up through his stomach, too. So he was stabbed, and then it was pulled up through his stomach, um, and that was Amber. Yeah. That one we know was Amber, because Richie was in the elevator 
with Sam and everyone. Which means Amber got shot in a bulletproof vest, and that probably hurt. <laughs> she probably had some bruises. Um, then there's Liv, who gets shot by Amber in the head. And you can't argue that one. Yeah, it was her. It was her. Unmasked. Yeah. There, there was no guessing of that one. Um, then Amber herself gets shot by Gale, and then burned, and then shot again by Tara. Because... <laughs> Because they always come back for the final kill, remember? They always come back. And so you have to be ready, and Tara was ready. And then, of course, Richie, who is stabbed a metric fuck ton by Sam um, in the throat. And oh, and then his throat is slit by Sam, because she's got to finish it, or else he could come back. You never know. Um, and that's the graveyard. Honestly, it wasn't as... It's not as big as you would think. Long of a, yeah. Yeah. Death count. Because nope. there's so many survivors. Yeah, I was going to say, it's because, well, Chad gets stabbed, but he survives. Mindy gets, I think Mindy gets stabbed, but she survives too. Yeah. And can I just say the throwback that they did perfectly with Mindy and Randy about, like, when it's like, look behind you. And it's Randy, like, watching that thing. And then she's like, yeah, look behind you. And she freezes. And she looks behind her and Ghostface is right there and she's like, fuck! It's beautiful. I thought that part was probably one of my absolute favorite parts of this whole movie. <laughs> so many perfect throwbacks with Randy and that stuff. But that is the graveyard. And then uh, they did have lots of versions of scripts floating around. Which is kind of like Scream 3. Uh, there's a joke in there that there was too many scripts and they couldn't figure out who was dying when. Yeah. Uh, but, so... Part of that was intentional because they did not want get the script to be leaked before the movie mm-hmm. came out. So they put out a bunch of false ones. They, they were trying to cover all their bases. They <laughs> they hid a lot of their production. Um, a lot of people didn't even know they were filming for a long time. Yeah. Uh, they did, like, trick films. They actually filmed parts of it that weren't used in the film just yeah. to throw people off. Uh, but also, some of them were the writers literally not knowing who they wanted to be the killers. <laughs> So they wrote a lot of versions where it was, like, Tara and Amber. There was one where Stu was more involved, so I don't know if it was his... Maybe it was his family member that was the murderer kind of a thing. Uh, But basically, at some point or another, there's a version floating out there where everyone except Sam was written as the killer. Because they decided early on Sam just wasn't... It was She was, I think, just too obvious. Yeah, and and being the daughter of... Billy Loomis, people are automatically going to look at her no matter what once you find that out anyway. Yeah, so she was the only one who they were never like, yeah, it just didn't fit. That's not, yeah, they're, the sister's not going to be the killer. There's no chance. I thought for sure, I'm not for sure, but at some point I did think it was going to be Amber and Tara. I almost for a minute, I did think it was going to, it was going to end up being Tara too. Because Tara's like, face is very blank sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, you uh, feel like you'd have more emotion with this situation. Suspicious. Highly suspect. I uh, quote Ratatouille way too much with that line. <laughs> on the Scream wiki page, they do have a list of everyone who has played Ghostface. Wow. There's 25 names. No big deal. Um, it's people who have worn the outfit, not necessarily, like, just people in the movie. Okay. I'm not going to read them all. Just the big ones. Uh, Roger L. Jackson, he's the one who plays and voices Scream. What a badass. You badass legend. In this film, he was actually calling people on the phone and doing it. So they, it kind of took them a few takes to make sure the sounds were right. 
That's really cool. And make sure that it was being... Like, heard properly. And that they were responding. Yeah. And answering the phone right. In time and things like that. No delays and stuff. Yeah, so that was something. And I think he was the one that was like, I really, I want to do that. Like, I want to actually It adds so much, like, actual authentication to it that I really... That's really cool and really nice. We... Our generation looks for details. We so do. When they pick up the phone and you can see that it's not. Like, it's the, like a black screen or it's fucking like the background to it's your on phone. The, yeah, it's on the Google screen or yeah, something. Like, like we, you can tell. You we know. see those things. Uh, and then, of course, Matthew Lillard, Skeet Ulrich. Beautiful bastards. Ulrich, I love you so much. Timothy Oliphant. I don't know who that is. I believe he's the. I want to say it's that guy. Oh, okay. Laurie Metcalf is that probably that, that bitch. One. Scott Foley is from the third film. The brother. Emma Roberts is Jill. Yep. Roy Culkin is Charlie. Yep. Jack uh, Quaid. Jack Quaid is from this one. Mikey Madison's from this one. I don't know who Georgia Wingham and Tyga is. Does that mean like Tyga the rapper Tyga? I don't know. Google it. <laughs> Google Tyga as Ghostface. What the fuck? Oh. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Michael Ray Stevenson, also known by his stage name as Tyga, best known for his roles going under... Okay. So he's been Just in a couple movies, but... click on that. He portrayed the character Jamal in the third season. Oh! Okay, this is off the TV, TV show, which is fuck... Okay, the third season's the only fucking season to pay attention to with that show, because it's the only one that properly has the rights to the original mask. The other one looks like it's giving a fucking blowjob. All right, so we, <laughs> we're going to stop reading names there because the rest are going to be the TV show. Yeah. But, uh, so... That makes sense why we don't know the other names. Yeah, I was like, I don't know why I was any like, of that's these that's a are. lot of people. So in the, the traditional show, franchise one... Oh, stop scrolling. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They have ten people listed. And it's the actors, so that's cool. That is cool. Um, so now we're going to switch gears and go into the Scream universe. Because there's a whole universe into this this whole thing. Um, and talk about, chronologically, Stab. Da-da-da! Because that's a huge thing in 4 and 5. Yes, and it's all based off of the Woodsboro Murders, which was a book written by Gail Weathers, uh, published in 1997, to portray the events of the 1996 murders that we see in Scream itself. And I forgot to add it in here, but she did write a book prior to that mm-hmm. about... Sidney Prescott's mom. Maureen's... Maureen Prescott, Prescott's yeah. murder. Yes. So, the first stab came out in 1998. The cast that is known from it, and I think you also see this when she Googles it in this film. And I'm going to pull it up. Okay, so the ones that we hear mentioned, of course, Tori Spelling is Sydney. Billy Loomis is played by Luke Wilson. Which would be terrible. <laughs> Cotton is played by Craig Bierko. Stu is played by Vince Vaughn. So god. Oh, bad. Uh, Alicia Silverstone plays Tatum, which is kind of a cool one. Mm-hmm. Dewey is David Schwimmer. Randy mm-hmm. is some unknown actor, which is a joke that he cracks yeah. in the second movie. Uh, Heather Graham, and this does follow what they put in there, so I'm not going to bother. Heather Graham is regarded as the iconic opening scene actress of the film, so she's the Drew Barrymore. She plays Casey, yeah. It is directed by Robert Rodriguez, who in real life co-directed Sin City and the Spy Kids movies. <laughs> That's hilarious. The film was based on, as Katie said, Gail Weathers' best-selling book, The Woodsboro Murders, mm-hmm. that came out in ni- the year before. The stab movie is meant to be exactly what we see in screen. Yes. 
Stab 2 came out in 1999 based on Gail's weather book, College Terror. Gail Weather's book. Which is based off Scream 2 events. Yes. Again, uh, Tori Spelling, David Schwimmer play Sidney Prescott and Dewey Riley. Jennifer Jolie, which is the first like made-up character mm-hmm. they have, plays Gail Weathers. She's the one who plays in Scream 3 that we see. Uh, she was born Judy Jurgenstern. <laughs> what an awful name. <laughs> I know. <laughs> was played by Parker Posey in Scream 3. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Speed as Randy Meeks. That is another joke meant to be done because he is one an unknown actor, but he also kind of looks like Randy. Yeah. Craig Bierko again as Cotton Weary, also directed by Robert Rodriguez. And then it lists the executive producers. The majority of what I found um, for these films it was in the Scream wiki page, by the way. Okay. Don Crosby, who is portrayed by Roger Corman in Scream 3. Bill Birch, who is the Sunrise Studios president. He started as a director for Sunrise Studios in the films It Walked from the Waves, The Creature with Seven Arms, and Where Are You, Doc Holliday? Then he worked with Paramount Pictures, which is a throwback, or is a woohoo to Paramount for doing this film. Go Paramount Plus! And directed the thriller Asylum, and eventually stepped into producing as he oversaw three dozen films, it says, including Octopus and the romantic comedy hit First Date. All right. Not 50 first dates, but just first, first date. <laughs> uh, Floyd Malone is the senior VP of production for Sunrise Studios. And according to the Scream Wiki, Floyd got his start as a young screenwriter after a brief stint at USC where he majored in zoology. While working as a freelance scriptwriter at, again, Paramount, his first script about a demented zookeeper <laughs> <laughs> was optioned by Don Gordon. Subsequently, the two Dons hired him to write The Creature with Seven Arms and Where Are You, Doc Holliday? In 1962. Also, all of these films are made up. Yes. Uh, And you see them... The information from this is gathered from Scream 3. Uh, He married Sunrise starlet Daniel Wrangler, and Floyd went on to scribe several more screenplays for various studios. He had three handsome sons, and he would later quit writing and become a executive at Universal. In 1973, he rejoined the Tudons, as they were often called, as vice president of production and went on to greenlight such hits as Death World, Don't Go Downstairs, Again, and the cult classic Bloodthirsty Vampires from Deep Outer Space. I want a movie that's called Bloodthirsty Vampires from Deep Outer Space. Just imagine leprechauns in space, but with vampires. I was thinking cre- I was, I was thinking killer clowns from out of space, but like vampire style. There you so. go. Uh, I actually googled what they were so vampires from deep outer space the plot is that planet earth is faced with a crisis of apocalyptic proportions when millions of vampire bats arrive from deep outer space their only hope may be an alien the government has been secretly examining in area 51 (laughs) I think these are fans went in and created these oh I fucking hope so man so it's just fun uh, Don't Go Downstairs again. again came out in 1970. It is the second installment of Don't Go Downstairs. Ugly Head. <laughs> the evil character is named Ugly Head. He escaped the mental institution and returns to friendship, wreaking mm. havoc on babysitters and spilling the blood of their boyfriends. So oh. it's um, Michael Myers. Yeah. Uh, Don't Go Downstairs, the 19... 19- 
70, I don't know why it says... Don't Go Downstairs was created before, or Don't Go Downstairs Again was created before Don't Go Downstairs. Yeah, they messed up the dates. Yeah, they did. (laughs) Uh, But by night, a serial killer roams the streets of Friendship, Oregon, stalking teens when a babysitter and her boyfriend are targeted and tortured in a basement by Ugly Head. They learn the hard way never to go downstairs, which is a funny thing where he's like, I'll be back, and they go downstairs. I'll be back. Uh, The main character of the series is Riley York. It's, okay, let me just tell you. It's a black hole when you start looking into these things. Oh, yeah. it's It goes down and continues going. Um, so the main actor was Riley York, who has acting credits for The Path of Gold, Midnight Snacks. Is somebody there? The First House, house on the right. right. There's that reference. The I'm First House for. on the Right. Um, who said that? Space Psycho, Death World, Don't Go Downstairs, Don't Go Downstairs Again, and Never Go Downstairs. Look, that dates are fixed. Oh, and then they fixed it, yep. Okay, so Don't Go Downstairs was done in 1977. Then Don't Go Downstairs again was done in 1997. Or 79. So dumb. Uh, I never go downstairs! (laughs) And I clicked on the first house on the right to see what it was. Yes. Um, On Maple Drive, the neighbors say there is a curse on that old first house on the right. Seems that once a decade ago... The owners of that house were mysteriously slaughtered. The neighbors are right. One of the scariest films ever produced. First House is regarded by man as Fred Rifkin's masterpiece. Um, so something I just thought about. My house that I grew up in, my parents' house, is the first house on the right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think my house is cursed. <laughs> but at least it's not the last house on the left. You're right. You're fucking right. That actually, that house is scary, so it's fine. Uh... But, yeah, that's also Wes Craven's first film, one of his scarier, darker ones. Yeah, yeah so. it's it's pretty fucking dark. The Last House on the Left is dark. So, yeah, that's a cool homage. That's so funny. Which brings us to Stab 3, Return to Woodsboro. And it actually is considered a canceled fictional film, originally set to release in 2000 in the Scream universe. Unlike the first two Stabs, the film was going to be the first one not based on an actual massacre. Yeah. Um, it was the one that was being made during Scream 3 that got right. canceled. Right. Okay. Um, afterwards, Gail Weathers wrote a book about it called Hollywood Horror, which was adapted into the new Stab 3 Hollywood Horror. Yeah. And that would just be the events of the third movie. Correct. So Stab 3, Hollywood Horror, released in 2006 and is considered the concluding quote-unquote chapter to the original Stab story. Mm -hmm. The plot is similar to what we saw on Scream 3, as I said. Yep. That's all we know about it. Yep. Stab 4 came out in 2007, and this is kind of like a reboot of the franchise with its own storyline. Yes. And the plot is unknown, but it is wholly original because Sidney Prescott threatened to sue for using stories based on true events without getting her permission. Hmm. Possibly, it says, for a Stab remake originally set to come out for the 10th anniversary. But they Mm. sued, so she changed the storyline. There's a rumor that it could be based on fictional stories written by Gail Weathers, which is what you see her attempting to write in the fourth screen. Okay. Called Knife of Doom, which follows Ashley Prescott, Sydney's long-lost daughter. Oh. The synopsis of the prop book... Oh, so... Um, what happens is people who worked on Scream created fake books that had a front and a back. Oh, cool. And that's where they got the Knife of Doom from. Got it. 
So the synopsis of the prop book reads, It has been three years since the last killing spree orchestrated by the infamous Ghostface Killer. Now that Sydney has defeated her past, it seems Woodsboro is finally at peace, but when a freak lightning storm occurs in the town where it all began, the buried remains of Ghostface come back to life to instill fear in the hearts of a new batch of victims. So it's kind of like a Frankenstein Ghostface. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm a ghost <laughs> of Ghostface. <laughs> there you go. No. He doesn't even need a mask. <laughs> exactly. His uh, face just looks like that. Yep, that's how he died. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how mummies look. Like I wonder. Mummified. I wonder if in in Scream Five, I wonder if it would be like if maybe um, Cindy's Prescott's real kid, like her kids, maybe one of them's name is Ashley. I was just thinking if they said the names, but they didn't. They didn't. Yeah, but it would be. It'd be very interesting to see if that the name is actually funny. Ashley or not. Maybe they'll reveal it. In Scream 6. Maybe. PSA, there's going to be a Scream 6. Yeah, yeah, they made it. Potentially a 7. Yeah. Uh, But then it says, now it's up to Ashley Prescott, Sydney's long-lost daughter. I don't know how Sydney would have a long-lost daughter. To put an end to the madness once and for all. Fuck this, I don't want you to know that I'm your mother. (laughs) And then they came, she wrote a sequel called Clock of Doom, which may be the premise for Stab 5, which came out a year later. Mm. It says no proof for the movie details, but the prop book that they created for it says Ghostface goes back in time to eliminate the bloodline of Ashley Prescott. Travel victim. His victim that got away. Uh, We all love a time-traveling sequel. Oh, yeah. 100%. Uh, What ensues as a chilling game of cat and mouse as the maniacal killer ends up in year 1865, where he only has one goal. Find and terminate Marianne Prescott, Ashley's great, great, great grandmother um i wonder if they use the delorean to do that mm-hmm. maybe <laughs> he kills doc and just steals his delorean <laughs> maybe there was another lightning storm and he traveled through the lightning particles maybe into space and then visited with the vampires back in time and they were like here we'll we'll drop you off at the right time boom there's your scream okay. six <laughs> we did it um it is considered the worst film in the franchise according to mindy meeks good Whatever her name is. Right. Martin. Mindy Meeks Martin. There you go. A lot of M's. And then, stab six. The killer of the film is the Facebook killer. Great. Ghostface taunts his victims through text messages of the victims he finds on Facebook. Um, So there's like three different TV shows out there that are already that premise. (laughs) Yes, it's been done. This is the cold open scene in Scream 4 that stars oh, Lucy, Lucy Hale, Hale as Sherry mm-hmm. and Shanae Grimes as Trudy. All right. All right. And then that one, also in Scream 4, segues into Step 7, yep. which came out in 2010, which is the cold open again. Yeah, you see. Uh, Chloe, who is played by Kristen Bell, mm-hmm. is immediately revealed to be Ghostface. By killing her friend. And Anna Paquin. <laughs> and so that storyline is very different than Scream. Yeah, because you find out that killer immediately. Yeah, so the whole storyline is going to be who's the second killer. Who's the accomplice? Dun, dun, dun. And so I'm sure while the audience knows that Kristen Bell is the killer the whole time, not everybody else knows. Yeah. So that would be an interesting way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Stab 8, which is the one that is kind of... The most commented in this film. Yeah, it's the one that's, like, hated. Came out in 2021. This is said to be directed by Ryan Johnson, who they tried to get as a cameo in a YouTube video for this. It's, mm-hmm. like, an interview, but he had other stuff going on. In real life, 
He directed Star Wars The Last Jedi, Knives Out, which is why that one's a reference. Yep. And um, the reason he couldn't is because he's filming Knives Out 2, which yes. I kind of wish they wouldn't do because I'm afraid they're going to ruin... They did the they did the first one so well. Exactly. And they're going to do like a Sherlocky Holmes kind of a thing, so it'll be probably a totally new mystery. Yeah. Um, and they also have announced a Scream 3 already. Or, I'm sorry. Scream 6. A Knives Out. Oh, Knives Out, Out 3. three already. Oh, wow. Okay. So they're, they're ready to go. <laughs> I'm hoping they just wait and see how Knives Out 2 does. Yeah. It makes more sense to do that, but, you know... Filmmakers don't yeah. do that. Money. Money. All the money. Um, the ghost face portrayed in real life by Matthew Lillard in Stab 8 is the flamethrower that Katie mentioned. And he's got a chrome mask. And according... So terrible. It's, it's different. And according to Mindy, it did not stay true to the stab structure as a murder mystery whodunit. Yeah. According to the wiki page, it is speculated that the film is a remixed, highly unreliable and muddled retelling, that's all a quote, of the second... Woodsboro murders, and it says for legal reasons, <laughs> using some of its survivors, which is why Judy Hicks is mentioned to appear in a stab sequel, as the previous occurred before she was a survivor and a participant in Ghostface Murder Spree. Hmm. Um, Dead Meat, which is a real life podcast and YouTube that reviews horror films, oh, okay. they are the ones doing the YouTube video for Stab. <laughs> oh, that's cool. They've actually been in a few horror movies now as, like, YouTube pull-ups. That's really cool. They've been, they've done cameos. That's one way to get your name out. We should do that. I know. <laughs> um, well, they were huge first. <laughs> well, help us get there, guys. Uh, it's, uh, so Dead Meat, it's James Janis and his wife, Chelsea, who do it. Cool. Um, but they do a critical review of Film Fails, is what it's called. On May 7th, 2021, it has 122,0096 views. Oh. It was done twelve twenty ninety six, um, which is the release date of the original screen film, and the amount of views they had. Uh, that's what it was. You're right. Okay, so the amount of views is the date that yeah. Scream got released. Yeah, thank you for putting that together. You're welcome. I saw the numbers and I was like, that's the exact same situation there. Um, and then it also has their film fails thing. Also has the number eight hundred twenty one thousand nine hundred thirty nine. Which is Wes Craven's birthday, August 8th. No, August 2nd, 1939, which go. is the 8th month of the year. So, Eight, like, two, 1939. Those little angry. things that they do are cool. Um, every, There's so much thought into it. That's what I appreciate. Yeah. Every stab, uh, kill, sorry, every stab kill ranked from worst to worst is another YouTube video that you can see on there. It was released 10 months ago, so January 2021. It had 82,000 views. Another video seen below that is uploaded by Stabhead mm. with the title, Not My Stab, Join the Stabhead Army, and Red Stab 2020-21. It was released June 2021, had 12,000 views. The last video is EP118 of True Crime Documentaries, Did the Real Stumacher Survive? Katie. Ba, ba, da, ba. What did I tell you? A nod to Matthew Lillard portraying Flamethrower Ghostface, but also all of the big rumors that came out that he really wanted. He was trying so hard. He was trying so hard to come back for this movie. He wanted to come back. Not only just this one, but he had thought of different ways that he could be included. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I so, want him to be included, goddammit. Bring Matthew Lillard back, please. I will start a fucking petition. I love mm. him. I love him so much. Um, Sorry, I'm passionate about that man. But... Yeah, so that's what you see when he's looking at the Stab 8 
universe, I guess. The film of Stab 8 is the motivation for them murdering people for Scream 5. exactly. And then, as we said, Paramount and Spyglass have announced a sequel. I think they're already filming it right now. I believe so. It's supposed to be released next year, I think. Yes. Uh, It's going to be Scream 6. It will have Sam, Tara, I'm assuming it'll have Mindy and Chad. Uh, Dewey won't be there, but I'm sure they'll do lots of references to him. He'll probably be in the background of stuff. And... That is all for Scream and the Stab Universe and Scream Universe and Scream 5. Hell yeah. (laughs) Oh, there's no cats in this film either. Nope. Damn it. You would think at least one of them would have a cat. At least fucking Sam, who... Lives alone and out of town. Hmm. Or even Tara, because she's home alone all the time. Yeah. There should be a cat. You're missing your opportunity there, Scream. We don't know what our next film is. No, what are we doing? We're doing Dark Water. We're doing Dark Water. That's it? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, this one's late. We'll try and get back on track. Uh, It was late because we're together. That's why it was late. Yeah. Yeah. So follow us on Facebook and Instagram at... Horror underscore cats underscore witch hats. You can send us movie reviews, pictures of your cats, um, or other movies that you want us to do at our Gmail, which is horror cats witch hats all one word at gmail.com. At gmail. You don't say dot com. <laughs> I mean, you say gmail.com. <laughs> I think people got I that. forgot how to talk. <laughs> I don't okay. know what's happening. It's okay. There's a part in this where I literally could not speak. <laughs> so it's fine. Dylan became what? Dylan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. um, as Richie says, sincerely get the fuck out. <laughs>